millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecutor. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. Today with Dr. Mike Ansari. Dr. Mike has been with us previously. He is the president of Heart for Iran. They are reaching into Iran with the gospel. We're going to talk more about what they do. Dr. Mike Ansari, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Right now, Mike, we're hearing about unrest in Iran. We're hearing about water shortages. We're hearing about people who are angry. They're taking to the streets. There are riots against the government. What's going on in Iran right now? Water shortages are threatening um, major political and economic challenges across Iran. Uh, Within the last month, the province of Khuzestan, uh, which is in the border of Iraq, has been dealing with severe water shortage. People have taken on streets. uh, The protests have turned uh, into riots. To this day, we know about 10 people that have been murdered by Iranian authorities in response to these riots. And and these riots are spreading to other larger cities across Iran. Uh, Mike, just recently, there was a new president elected in Iran. Uh, It is always presented as, you know, this is an election. There's several candidates. There's a free choice being made. Uh, we know that's not exactly how it is, but but what do we need to know as Christians? What do our listeners need to know about this new president of Iran? Uh, we do need to understand that uh, in Iran, in the last uh, 40-some years, presidents come and go, but nothing changes. Yes. <laughs> We're talking about Ibrahim Raisi, who is now the new president of Iran. He used to be a student of the Supreme Leader, Ayatollah Khamenei, under his... Uh, office in, uh, as a head of judiciary, he was responsible in ordering execution of thousands of Iranians. So you're dealing with somebody who, whose nickname is the butcher of Iran or the hangman of Iran. And um, he was uh, instrumental under his reign. The underground churches were labeled as Zionist cults, and uh, they were deemed to be a major threat to Iran's security. What used to be prior to his term, uh, what used to be a few, maybe a few weeks of detention, now it could be up to five years of imprisonment for any Muslim, uh, either becoming a Christian or having a house church worship or uh, reading the Bible. Uh, and that was under his direct leadership, that, that those changes were made. Absolutely. That was under his wow. direct leadership. He, he has no zero tolerance for anything that is anti-Shiite Islam. We anticipate that under uh, the next few years, under his reign, there will be more persecution of Iranian Christians. And uh, the case point is, uh, the last few weeks, um, we have seen more house raids of the Iranian uh, homes uh, that are newcomers to Christianity. We're seeing uh, people being summoned by the prosecutors and being given um, threats. They need to appear to Islamic court. And we're seeing more arrests Uh, across Iran. So the conditions in Iran uh, are not that good for Iranian Christians. You mentioned the fact that, you know, there's an election, but then nothing really changes. How how much power does the president actually have 
in the system there. He has brought about some changes because we see more arrests and more house church raids. But how much power does he have to really change the way the country operates? I would say when you talk about uh, the the office of president in Iran, it's it's very much comparable to a operations manager in a company. The tone and and the direction is set by by the CEO. In this case, in Iran, the CEO is the supreme leader, Ayatollah Khamenei. So the direction and and all the decisions are made by the supreme leader. In the eyes of the people of Iran, how much of this affects how they view Islam? Because 41 years of Islamic revolution, 41 years of, hey— we're doing everything according to the Quran. We're we're going to be the you know the the perfect Islamic nation, and then you see the hangman get elected president. You have an entire region of the country that doesn't have water to drink. Do the people look at that and say, "What's wrong with Islam? Why isn't Islam able to solve these problems?" Well, absolutely correct. Uh, if there's a revolution, typically the revolution should take maybe a year or two not 41 years. Uh, Iranian revolution could probably be one of the longest uh, lasting revolutions, ongoing revolutions, and that's not how it's supposed to be. Let's talk about the situation in Iran where people are leaving Islam. According to a couple of studies that was was done outside of Iran in 2020, Iran's uh, population is gravitating towards secularism, and that is growing very fast. How is the gospel finding foothold in in the midst of all of those problems and in the midst of a population that looks at Islam and says Islam is part of the problem, not not part of the solution, how is the gospel getting footing? The church in Iran is growing at a very fast rate. At the time where uh, Islam is failing people of Iran, people are finding new meaning in Jesus. They're having dreams and visions way before they start watching our TV programs on Mahabad TV, way before they, they hear from a neighbor, oh, have you heard about Jesus? They're having a personal encounter uh, with who they later on call their savior. And that is phenomenal. But uh, I do want to share with you that what is really, really um, scarce in Iran are Bibles. Uh, there are no Bibles. So people are becoming believers. But the problem is that um, they, they lack foundation in the Word of yeah. God. How do, how do you disciple someone who doesn't have a Bible, doesn't have a church, maybe doesn't know another Christian. That's right. How do you disciple them? How, how are you guys overcoming that? Well, we do that with partnership. At Heart for Iran, we, we fully understand that it's not one ministry that has the golden key to resolve the problems in Iran. Uh, so that's why we work with different partners. Voice of the Martyrs happens to be one of the critical parties that we have uh, partnered with. Uh, in particular, I would love to um, recognize the fact that Voice of the Martyrs has invested in um, bringing Bibles and scripture to the to the country of Iran. The the bigger vision that VOM and Heart for Iran share is that every person should have a copy of their own Bible. Amen. You know, this past year, our organization was having a very difficult time uh, financially to, to just uh, be able to come together and send Bibles into Iran. VOM stood right next to us and turned what seemed to be a glass half empty into a a glass um, completely full to the rim and and just overflowing. With VOM's help within the last uh, year, we've been able to get uh, roughly about 40,000 copies of print Bible into the country. So we are very, very thankful. And I'm not just, this is not flattery. I'm just, I I really want to bring a sense of appreciation uh, from Heart for Iran and the leadership and the people in Iran to Voice of the Martyrs and, and the listeners and the supporters of VOM 
Uh, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you for your support. Please continue uh, supporting God's work. Without this, we would have a very difficult time bringing the gospel into Iran. One of the things that, that I know Mohabat is doing in Heart for Iran is allowing people from inside the country to contact you, email, text message, phone call. What do they say? Like when, when you get that first contact from someone, you know, like you say, someone would say, I, I saw Jesus. I had, I had an encounter with Jesus. Talk about some of those messages that are coming into the contact center. We are getting a few hundred contacts a day from inside Iran wow. from Muslims. Uh, so you got to understand that we do have a satellite TV 24-7 called Mohabat TV. Mohabat means agape in, in, in English. It's called Mohabat TV. And we also have a digital team and we have a follow-up system. So 24-7, we have live people receiving phone calls and chatting with people online. We got a phone call about a week ago from a man. His name is Izad. Izad called us and he said, I want to let you know that... Um, our two boys, ages 8 and 11, watched uh, the Superbook cartoon on Mohabbat TV. And they came to uh, me and my wife, and they, they told us, you know, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> Eventually, they became curious, and uh, they called Mohabbat TV, and he said, can you tell me more about Jesus? Who's Jesus? Who, what is Superbook? What is, what is happening? Uh, Superbook happens to be a cartoon through which we, we introduced the person of Jesus to the children of Iran. And, uh, and it's in Farsi. In particular, last week, Izzat said, uh, said, asked us, said, well, my wife and I are sitting over here, with the two boys, we all want to give our heart to Christ. Can you pray with us? Wow. So that is one example. Uh, the other examples are people calling us and saying, can you tell me more about Jesus? We did have a dream of, of this man in white. And we know his name is Jesus, but we don't know anything about him. A lot of people call us and say, how do we learn about Christianity? Is, can we get our hands to, on a Bible? Iran does print Bibles, but these are Bibles that are, that are altered. And they support the coming of the uh, 12th Shiite Imam Mahdi. And they said Jesus was just a prophet ushering the coming of Islam. Uh, so that's not the real Bible right. that we want people to, to get their hands on. So when people call us and say, can I have a, a, a copy of Bible? Then we try to send them a Bible to the country of Iran. We usually do that within uh, 30 to 40 days. Again, remember that Iran is a closed country. Yeah. Churches it's not like are shut you just down. FedEx them a Bible. You can't just FedEx them the Bible. <laughs> so you need to have creative ways to send it in, and that's where Heart, uh, Heart for Iran and VOM have partnered with each other to to meet that need. Mike, do you get people who call the contact center and want to argue with you, like like a, a good Muslim who says, "No, you're wrong." Jesus was just a prophet. Do, do they get those kind of calls as well? Absolutely. So we have live TV shows with live calls coming in. And uh, we don't censor calls. We want people to just share their heart. We do get from time to time people that are argumentative. Let me give you the example of a young uh, gentleman who was uh, in, the, in the Islamic seminary in the city of Qom. Uh, he called us and he, he wanted to debate us. He wanted to argue, argue with us live on air uh, where other people were watching the TV channel. And we let him talk and, uh, you, know, we, we had, uh, you know, we responded to his. Uh, we don't debate over Islam because we feel that the gospel is strong enough and powerful right. enough to just bring the message home. Uh, this particular gentleman, the first call, he was just very militant. He was angry. He said, how dare you uh, bring this gospel of infidels into the Islamic land of the prophet? And, uh, of course, he was uh, training to become a, a mullah, a clergy. Uh, and 
Within a month, uh, we heard back from him. He said, um, can you guys send me a Bible? <laughs> so after a month, we sent him a Bible. I want to study this a little further. I, I want to compare the Bible and Quran. And uh, about six months later, uh, he contacted us and he said that he had given his heart wow. to Christ. Not all the people who are militant end up giving their hearts to Christ. Right. But the idea is that we need to be Christ-like. We need to be patient. We need to bring the message of hope to people. And there's no need in argument and debates. Uh, again, as, as I shared with you, the gospel in itself is so powerful and it's so um, wonderful and, and, and just beautiful that when people read it, knees bow and tongues confess that Christ is Lord. Amen. That's what we see in Iran. Uh, Mike, we had Voice of the Martyrs readers and Voice of the Martyrs radio listeners send us SD cards, empty SD cards. You guys take those and turn them into uh, great gospel tools to go into Iran. Talk a little bit about that and and how those SD cards, you, you've already mentioned so many young people in Iran, people with phones, people with tablets. How are those SD cards becoming gospels and then getting into Iran? Let me start by telling you that the people in Iran don't have free access to, uh, let's say, Facebook or YouTube or other things. So uh, I, I want your your listeners to have an understanding of the situation in Iran. Iran is coming up with their own halal internet or their own version of internet with the help of Chinese. And uh, what they are doing there is uh, they are shutting down access of, of, their, of the community to um, social media platforms that are popular in the West. However, people in Iran all have access. They have their own Facebook page. They all are following YouTube. They, <laughs> the question is, how do they have access when the country is shutting down? And th that's called uh, proxy servers, VPN, and other, uh, other ways. Therefore, on these, a lot of their mobile devices, uh, they can easily put and insert micro SD cards. These micro SD cards or memory cards or chips, uh, as we refer to them in the West, um, uh, you know, we use that on our phones as well. What we do is we put a lot of Christian content on there, and uh, we send it into the country, and uh, it, it goes viral among the, especially people that are 30 and under, which is roughly about 50% of the population. They take it, and they, they listen to it, and they follow it, and then they SMS it and, and Bluetooth it to, to their friends, their family members. Uh, and uh, so the, the digital content on SD card usually finds multiple targets within the country of Iran. And that makes it a very unique tool to be able to uh, talk about Christianity in Iran and elevates people's knowledge. Uh, it is a great resource, and we have been using that resource across Iran. And I want to encourage um, you know, other ministry leaders that are listening to this, uh, micro SD cards across the Middle East go a long way because you're tapping into the next generation. How are you helping to raise up leaders? Because we talk about a church that is growing so fast, but we also talk about Christians who are often isolated. They, it's you know they don't walk down the street to the local church and say, "Hey, I'm a believer now. How you know can you help me?" How do you raise up people who are ready to disciple the next person and the next person and the next person? So in Iran, we really cannot have any boots on the ground uh, just because it's a, it's a close country. It's a dangerous place to be able to talk about Christianity, but. Uh, because a lot of the Iranian youth, uh, Gen Z and millennials, are online, we are able to reach a lot of isolated believers and new converts. We call them MBBs, Muslim background believers. Um, we are able to reach them uh, through uh, 
online church, virtual church, or uh, digital church. Uh, we use that term, I know, virtual, online, and digital. In, in, in the West, you really cannot exchange them with each other because they have different meanings. But for the sake of this conversation, what we refer to as an online digital church is also referred to as a virtual church. Um, the virtual church in Iran is growing very, very fast. Uh, we have been uh, reaching every Thursday doing live virtual church into Iran. Uh, since October of 2019. This is prior to COVID outbreak. The first time that we launched it, over 900 people uh, participated in it. Uh, as I, I think I shared with, with your audience in the last podcast that a gentleman named Ali, an Afghan gentleman, gave his heart on, on the first um, uh, virtual church that we did. We are reaching the next generation of believers whom we do not have access to through virtual platform. Now, does that mean that we're replacing the biblical church? No, we are not. And I want to be very clear. Uh, we do believe that uh, uh, in the biblical meaning of church is to have a face-to-face -face fellowship, but we feel that virtual church in close countries like Iran is a bridge mm -hmm. that allows us to disciple and help with leadership training because the movement has to continue, Todd. People are coming to Christ, but unfortunately, their, their knowledge of their new faith is lacking. Now, the danger is if they bring Islamic culture into, the, into Christianity, then all of a sudden you have now a new trend, and that could be dangerous. So it is extremely important for the biblical truth um, to be injected into this movement, and we're finding out that virtual or online digital training is extremely effective. How hard is the process of connecting someone to a real, to a real Christian on the ground there? Because there's there's obviously security concerns. You don't just say, okay, yeah, you called us, great, go meet our pastor. How much of a process is it to identify? Okay, yeah, this this person is genuine. They've come up to a point where they are ready to meet with someone locally. How do you suss out? <laughs> who who's a genuine believer and and is ready to be discipled and who's maybe a spy or an or a policeman who's trying to figure out where the local church meets very good question um in Iran we do have various networks uh, networks that are partners of ours that uh, go through they have their own due diligence process where they take people through different uh, stages to make sure that they're vetted and they're okay however within the last um, year or so since persecution has increased um, we are gravitating more towards training these individuals in launching their own house church. And that starts by uh, talking about Jesus to their family members and, and uh, to their friends. So evangelizing to their family members is an extremely important part. Mm -hmm. And that's as a part of the Great Commission. We are more intentional in bringing these new leaders into a place where they would go out and tell their own people of influence or circle of influence uh, about Jesus and then launching their own house church. And then through TV programs, we, we teach them how to do uh, how to do a safe house church, how to grow it, multiply it, and then invite others to it. That seems to be a better strategy that's keeping people safer. That's So far, that's working for us. Uh, Mike, you talked about the fact that under the new president, persecution is increasing. Raids on house churches are increasing. Arrests of Christians are increasing. For a Christian who does go to prison or does get convicted, what is life like for them in prison? Life in prison is very tough in Iran to begin with. Uh, Iranian prisons uh, don't have the standards that international communities are, are striving to have. 
And when you are bringing uh, somebody who has uh, converted to Christianity from Islam, half the time Iranian prosecutors do not bring him under the crime of um, you know, leaving Islam. They are given a, a label of being a drug dealer being a prostitute. If it's a, it's a woman that has given her heart to Christ, uh, you know, she's been, she probably is being put in jail under that term. So they end up in different wings. Uh, it's a dangerous place for these people mm-hmm. to be there. What we are hearing from inside Iran is the vast majority of people who are detained because of their faith do not stop being a Christian in jail. In fact, uh, when they're in jail, they find it to be a very, very good place to be able to talk about hope through Jesus because most of these people are hopeless, and that's how they talk uh, about Jesus and Christianity grows in Iran. God is moving. In prisons, God is moving. He's building his church in prisons, but people sitting there coming to Christ. Uh, I cannot uh, forget the time that a gentleman called us on his mobile phone from prison yard, and he said, I have five or six uh, other inmates over here. We want to give our heart to Christ. What do we do? We prayed with them. They gave their heart to Christ. We never heard back from them. We have no idea where they are. But that's how God's grace works. In amazing places where there's darkness, his word shines. Mike, as we kind of wrap up this time together, we always want to equip listeners to pray. So I, I want to talk about the the country as a whole, and I think you know even f- of this new president, he he's not out of the reach of God's grace. We we would pray that he would come to know Christ and, and just be radically transformed by that. How do we pray for the nation, and then how do we pray in particular for the church inside Iran right now? I want to uh, give you uh, five prayer items that would cover all that. Uh, what you had asked for. Number one, let's pray for a great wave of the Holy Spirit in Iran to continue bringing disillusioned Muslims to Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two, let's pray for captives in Iran to be free. Number three, pray that the death curses that are spoken against Christians in United States and Israel be broken and turned into a blessing. Number four, pray for peace and stability in Iran. Number five, uh, pray for the safety of new converts and also for more Bibles to be sent into the country. Yes, we do pray for um, the Ayatollahs and others as well. God's, uh, they're not out of God's grace and God's reach. Amen. So I would add a sixth point, prayer point. Let us pray uh, for the leaders of Iran to, to see Jesus face to face, to have a dream or a vision about the Savior and their lives and eventually their destiny and the destiny of the nation to be transformed. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.